She is Florida-born and now calls Music City home. Today, I'm going to introduce you to an up-and-coming Nashville artist. What's going on, music lovers? It's Randy Holsey here with Backstage Pass Radio. My guest this evening is a songwriter that has award nominations. She is a podcast co-host and is on tour supporting a brand new record. Don't go anywhere. We will talk to the talented Kirsty Krause when we come back. This is Backstage Pass Radio, the podcast that's designed for the music junkie with a thirst for musical knowledge. Hi, this is Adam Gordon, and I want to thank you all for joining us today. Make sure you like, subscribe, and turn alerts on for this and all upcoming podcasts. And now, here's your host of Backstage Pass Radio, Randy Halsey. Hey, friend. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah, finally. It's like been planned for what? Almost a year Mm -hmm. now. It seems it seems like almost a year, but I don't think it's been quite that long, but it's been a while. Welcome. Thank you. My voice is going to sound a little lower today than normal only because I used it all weekend. So it's in in more of the manly range tonight. (laughs) (laughs) You got that nice baritone thing going, right? It definitely can hit all the low notes. (laughs) Well, I have to ask, was it from the shows or was it actually from jamming in the car on the way back from Wisconsin? Like, were you Mm. singing in the car? Maybe a little? Today we were we were definitely not singing. Okay. Today we were resting our voices, but um, jamming, talking to people, the guitar coming out later in the evening, you know, all of it. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, how is life in Nashville? I adore it. I've always wanted to live in Nashville. It's been almost five years, four and a half years. I guess. I guess my anniversary is coming up. October third will be five years. So. Oh. I love it on any given given Tuesday night. I mean, right before I left for Wisconsin this weekend, I got to go to the Americana Music Awards. I mean, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. See the Indigo Girls and Brandi Carlile on stage. It just doesn't happen anywhere else but Nashville. So moments like that, I'm I'm like, this is so cool. I'm I'm in the Mother Church, the Ryman right now at the Americana Music Awards. And Morgan Wade is sitting right in front of me. How cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, sounds good to me. Yeah. I just, <laughs> and that's just a random Wednesday. I just got her vinyl and um, I love Morgan. And it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the Indigo Girls because I don't know how many people know who the Indigo Girls are. Like I've listened to them from back in these, right? A great me acoustic too. kind of, you know, female duo and they're amazing yes. singer songwriters. In their, I thought you know. everybody did. And then I was on the phone with my mom and I, I felt like I kind of had to sing her some songs and I was with a friend and I was like, this one, like, this is the one I'm singing. And she's like, I guess that sounds familiar. And then and you're, like, and then oh, you're disappointed. I know. And then you're disappointed. Yeah. Like, wait, you don't know closer to fine. Really? You don't right. know that song. <laughs> so maybe we should just, you know, like this right away. We talk about the Indigo Girls well, all the time. Well, maybe amazing. Maybe you and I can start another Indigo Girls <laughs> fan club. I don't know. You can be the president and I'll be the vice president. I don't know. Next to Brandy Carlisle, it sounds like we would have to take a backseat. absolutely because she's so close with them and it's such like they inspired her tremendously um from everything i've gathered at the award show but it was it was really special i bet that was a cool experience and i've had my share of nashvillians on on my show i had uh jen bostick a while back and uh karen karen 
and Jimmy Fortune from the Statler Brothers. Uh-huh. We, I think Jimmy and I talked for almost two and a half hours on on oh the interview. Yeah, awesome. and then I had Sarah Faith on, oh, and yeah, uh, and then upcoming later on, I have Stone Senate and the Woods, um, who I've fallen in love with. The Woods, they're the three piece, two guys and a girl. Okay. And they have an awesome sound, so I'm really looking forward to those. But um, yeah, a lot awesome. of great, a lot of great Tennessee artists that I'm having on the show. So and yeah. you included. So it's nice to, you know, turn your music on to maybe a section of people that may have never heard your stuff before. And that was kind of the whole the whole premise behind the show when I started it. As a musician like you, I'm like, how can I? give back to kind of my peers, like how do I help promote them? And this was kind of my way of doing that. So if we get one more listener for you, Kirsty, we're way ahead of the game, right? Yeah. And now, I mean, now you have checked out the music. So I'm just appreciative of that. And in your intro, you say a thirst, a thirst for, and it just, it, it made me smile because that word has just always been around. I've, I've put it in Easter eggs and songs. I've written it in and, and my bio is all about that. You know, just thirst for authenticity. Yes. And um, it's really, it's really cool that you incorporated that in your intro too. Well, it was, you know, my deal was I was the kid and I, and I probably told the story at nauseum, but I'll give you the cliff notes. I was the kid that when I bought a record, I didn't, put the record on and play it. I pulled the liner notes out and read the liner notes. I wanted to know who the Um, artists were. I wanted to know where they recorded. I wanted to know who played the bass mm -hmm. guitar, who played. I was kind of geeky like that. And I have this, I guess this savant mind remembering meaningless music trivia over the years, things that most people would not care about. But I said, what a cooler way to find out more about people like you, the the songs that you hear that you fall in love with. And it's like, man, I would love to hear what inspired her to write that song or learn more yeah. about you. Right. And, and I have to think that people, music lovers are of that same mindset. So, Oh my goodness. I mean, I have a liner note in here that says, I encourage you to listen on all kinds of speakers as you will hear something new on each player. Because, yes. you know, on your phone, it's different. In the car, it's different. And speakers by your computer, it's it's all different. And um, so I, I had to put that in there for uh, the music nerds like us. Good, good for you, because I think so many people listen to music the wrong way. And when I say that, I always challenge the listeners. When I post something out of, of an artist, I'm like, put some headphones on. Listen to it in yes. high fidelity. Stop listening through that cheesy ass mm-hmm. speaker in your iPhone or your droid, right? It does the music. Yes. No, I mean, these artists put in so much work and there's so many yes. fabulous musicians and you listen through the cheesiest speaker known to mankind. You're given that music no justice whatsoever. You're only hearing like 40% of absolutely, you, or maybe less, but yes. you know, um, I'm a huge, like I was just in the car for nine hours. We were just talking about that and like, Every single song that comes on, and that's a lot of songs. I am changing the bass, the mids, <laughs> the treble. Like that's, I am a crazy, yeah, like freak like that. Like that's I, good. That's good. I, and, and even if I listen to an artist, like I'll pull up on YouTube and I'll be listening to like Twinny today uh, from the UK. I was listening to her live, yeah. and 
I will change the, just the balance of everything all the time, the whole time. <laughs> you have to. I mean, it's an experience to listen to music, right? And yes. it, I think it needs to be, and not everybody has the same mindset that you and I do. Some just hear it at face value and it's just good enough. But I get inside the songs. I want to hear oh, yeah. every detail of the song, every mm-hmm. every string that rings. I want to hear all of that. So we talked cool. in the introduction, Florida born, Wisconsin raised, and you took the Nashville plunge, what, going on five years now, mm-hmm. right? So you've, uh, yeah. so you've been in Nashville four or five years. How's the experience been there for you thus far? Good. When I first got to Nashville, I was like, holy smokes. Like, um, here's the bar. I need to, you know, raise up to the bar. Like, I need to kind of get tough on myself and, mm-hmm. and really focus on what I'm doing with my instruments. And um, then it got, so it was, it was crazy daunting at first. I remember missing my family like crazy because from the Midwest and I think we're just like, close farm families, you know, and, um, it was hard. It was tough to not like be at my mom's, you know, mother's day or my cousin's baby shower. I I just couldn't be there for that kind of stuff. So that was difficult. But then I just, I started going out and I was so inspired at all these writers rounds. And I always said, I'm going to come into Nashville. And my goal is to, to take over this town and to just, get engrossed in it and to live in it. And then when I finally, you know, moved there, it was kind of crazy. I had to learn to live in Nashville and not have it just be my business town. Mm-hmm. Cause I would come in for 10 days, 14 days at a time and I'd work coffee yeah. meeting. Yeah. All day long, long days. And I would get myself sick. Like, and that would go back home and I'd be like, so, and, but when I moved here, I was like, I need to look at the parks. Sure. I need to find the coffee shops. I need to like, appreciate this town on a different level too. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And I think that so many, and and I could be wrong. Like you look at social media and it's just for some artists, it's just post after post playing the guitar, singing, doing this musically. And it's like, there's never a deviation from that. And it's like, you have to, you have to learn to have a work life balance because if you don't, you burn out and you get tired of something, right? I find that sometimes I'll I'll work, 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 work at the podcast and I'll get to that point where, okay, I'm tired of doing that. And I don't ever want to feel like that. So, right. you know, you got you have to recharge the batteries. You have to yeah. want to go in with a clear mind. And if you don't step away from that, it's just you're not living at that point in time. Right. Much like you said, you have to learn to live in the city. There's a lot to do there. Cool mm-hmm. place. And you have to get out and do those things. It doesn't have yeah. to be guitar strings all the time. Right. I live right by like uh, hiking and all that stuff. But um, you do have to protect your passion. I've always said this. It's important for me to be here for the long run, to have a career like Sheryl Crow and Dolly, like just till they want to stop and yep. not have to. And um, so I'm always protecting the passion and choosing stuff that makes me feel good. Yeah. And what was it that really pushed you to make the move to Nashville? Was was it really music driven? Like that was the only reason to move yes. to Nashville for you? Yep. The first time I came to Nashville, I was 11 
Um, I actually, it was crazy. I got to sit down with like Montgomery Gentry's manager and meet Sarah Evans and through connections, you know, kind of got to get a crazy big taste of the town and the feel for that. But um, at the time I just, we looked at magnet middle schools. We were thinking about the whole family moving down. Mm -hmm. We ended up not, and it just kind of kept coming up. And I was like, no later. So it was always, it wasn't a matter of, if I'm going to move to Nashville, it was a matter of when, when. Yeah. yeah. And I was always told by my first mentor in Nashville, I met him when I was 15 to just like work my home state and like get the base, get my fundamentals, get, yep. learn how to operate a band and, you know, stuff, stuff like that. And so just grow your fan base up there and then, then come down when you feel ready. Yeah. So you, I followed that advice. You have to have the street team and the street team, uh, when I say that it's, you know, it's where you're, where you were rooted, you know, they, they feel like they're a part of you. Yeah. And, they're my OGs. And, I yeah, call them absolutely. My OGs. <laughs> and you, and you have to, you have to treat them like that. And it's kind of the same with my podcast. It's now heard in 49 different countries and I'm so proud of that, but it's the people here that, you know, the, the people that started out with me just sharing and liking and talking about it were, were, is kind of what kicked it all off. And you can't ever Absolutely. forget that. Absolutely. So speaking of Nashville, you recently released an 11, I think it was an 11 song. Is that right? 11 song LP yes. uh, called Yes, You Can. And I think that was May, uh, right before the summer of this year, right? It was. I got to release this digitally. Awesome. And May 27th. And uh, the physical copies have two bonus tracks, uh, Gotta Do and Delusional, and Gotta Do is one of the songs that inspired the title, Yes, You Can. I think the whole album is very, it's uplifting, and I hope it gets people grooving and moving. That's like the goal, just for people to feel good, go after their dreams, and just enjoy music on a really positive, happy level. Well, congrats on the release. I know that's Thank excited you. being your first oh, full length record. So, so, yes. so you're a veteran now. You've, you've, you're, you're not, you're not <laughs> the music. Down. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that being in Nashville, it makes sense to align yourself with some of the best in the business. And I know you had some key players on the new release. Talk to the listeners a little bit about some of the contributions that were made by different musicians on your debut record. Yeah. So these, some of these people, I, and I, I got to thank them for the, just their, every single person that came into a session put, it just felt like they were so present and they put a hundred percent and, and they took time to really follow the parts that we were wanting or find the sound. And I know a lot of people don't, get the opportunity to have that and do that and be a part of every single decision on this album. So I feel lucky just for that, but, um, and be able to take so much time to make it. People were so patient, but, um, Ford Thurston really championed all the lead guitars and he has been on the road with Randy Hauser right now. He's out with Chris Cagle. I mean, in the guitar community of Nashville, he is a celebrity, like everybody knows Ford. And the fact that he's a good friend of mine just through networking is, is amazing. And then um, Rich Redman, everybody knows Rich. He's a drummer for Jason Aldean since the Tootsies days, mm, like since wow. day one. Yeah. 
Adam Box, the drummer for the drummer for Brothers Osborne, helped create some drum parts for us as well. And um, yeah, then uh, Pete Lyman has done mastering for Keith Urban, Thomas Rex, you name it, Luke Combs. Mm-hmm. So there's just been a lot of like key players that helped put their talents towards this project. And I feel lucky to be even saying that I know that much less have them work on a project with me. So that's really, really cool. I'm sure you, at some point in time, you had to be working in the studio and kind of pinch yourself. Like I've been here for five years. I've never released a record and look at some of these people that are playing on my effort. Right. That has to be really cool. Yeah. And digging, but like, I really got a sense that they were like digging the vibe and like digging what they were doing, which is why they put extra energy into it. And that was like a huge compliment. You know, it wasn't just like a couple passes. Like it was like, let's dig in, let's yeah. get this right. And watching Rich Redmond talk to the producer and I'm sitting there, I'm just trying to film some of this stuff. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, he's talking in drum. And I'm just like, what is happening right now? Yeah. This is so cool. And yeah. he's making sure he gets his part right. And it's, it was it was awesome. And he's like, you know what? We need to add a little bit of this kind of shake around. I mean, they're like getting into the decision-making kind of stuff. And yeah. that's a big compliment. Yeah. They don't they don't have to do that. You know? No, so not at all. It was awesome. Well, I had a, uh, a guest on my show who is part of the Louisiana Music Hall of Fame and was a 30-year songwriter in Nashville and has written hit like number one hit songs for for George Strait and Keith Whitley and Reba and kind of the list goes on and on but it was interesting because for a long time he was a, a studio musician in Bogalusa, Louisiana in a place called Studio in the Country which is a place where so many greats have recorded and it was interesting because I was watching this documentary about studio in the country and I'm a musician like you and the way these studio guys talk, they talk in a, a in a language like you don't even understand. Oh, like what, what are they, what did he just say? Like, yeah. and I've been around music all my life right. and it's unbelievable how well they communicate with one another right. and how efficient they are at doing things in the studio. It's amazing. Right. It really is. And amazing. they're not afraid to be like, oh, punch me in right here. You know, absolutely. Like, you need to do a diamond there. Like we should have, we should have, um, I can't, now I'm not thinking about the theory words, but there was, there was another one. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. It it's, is. It is. It's, it's, a, it's an art for sure. So, Kirsty, stand by. I need to drop a sponsor ad and I'll be right back to chat. Awesome. Have you been thinking that you may need a little exercise in your daily routine while having a little fun doing it? I may have the solution. Hey, it's Randy Holsey here with Backstage Pass Radio. And about six months ago, I purchased an electric bike from Ecotrick and just thought about using it as a way to kind of get the blood flowing a few days a week. And to my surprise, I find myself on the bike just about every day. Not only am I getting a little exercise each day, but I'm also having a fun time seeing the neighborhood and maybe some areas that I probably would never have seen before I got the bike. Today, my family owns four of these Ecotrick bikes and we're looking to add a few more soon. Make sure to check out the link in the description below for more details. We're back talking to the talented Kirsty Krause. I wanted to share a clip of a song off the new record. This is a song called Bird. 
Let's take a listen to the song and then we'll come back and chat about it. Fair enough? Okay. Yes. That was a song called Bird off the 2022 release, Yes You Can. That was sounding really nice in these headphones right here, just so you know. Uh, We talked about that, like, you know, I had the nice bass going on in here and whatnot, so it sounded really nice. Congrats on the record and a great sounding song. Was this song a co-write for you? Was this 100% written by you? Talk to the listeners about the writing portion of that particular song. Yeah, this song snuck on the album. It it was one of those we kind of wrote and we're like, wait a second, we need to add this to the record. So the record just kept extending to more songs. But um, I wrote this with Mark Addison Chandler and my producer, Ark Fu, and we sat down around this kitchen table, the dining room table, and I had thought the song was going to be called Grit Your Teeth. Like, I'm going to smile at you and be nice instead of being angry. I'm just going to smile through it, kind of like a bless your heart kind of song, right. but my version of that. So, um, you know, I, I do a lot of this, this song in particular. The top line is always more country and then and then it's got this rock like bluesy Mm -hmm. kind of bed to it um, with a little bit of funk so this song has kind of like a stadium we were really going for like this stadium feel where people could like sing along with and kind of groove to it so that's kind of how it started I mean I was just telling the story about meeting uh, my initial meeting with another human and how it went it was really weird and off-putting. And I was like, you know what? I just put my teeth and bared it and just got through that exchange and uh, went home and wrote about it. So uh, that's kind of, that's what happened. And I remember when we landed on having Bird be the hook, I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, we definitely, like, you don't deserve, like, we were just jamming with it. And um, the guitar was flowing and it was more like, we were jamming, singing, and like putting stuff in, you know, read right. between the corner and ring. And so it was a really fun ride, and it kind of just fell out really quickly. It was a cool jam. Um, it sounds great. And what percentage of the songs on the record are 100% written by you? And then what percentage are co-written songs? So on this record, nothing is 100% written okay. by me. Okay, great. I have, I have like, 
450 some songs okay. in my catalog. And a lot of the songs that are written by me, you can hear if you come to a random writer's round, like I'll be like, this is, you know, but I, I just let the song tell me what it wants to be. Sure. So I can write stuff on any given day that's like maybe more folky yeah. or maybe more pop. And I write for other artists. I've been writing since I was eight, 12, uh, 12 with a mentor and then 15 coming to Nashville. So it's really, it was really just a matter of, I wanted the networking thing. I wanted to be able to take pieces of a bunch of different writers that I wrote with and have this compilation of my story and songs that I felt like fit together and were about a bunch of different subjects, yeah. like kind of showing the range of what I can write about, you know? But yeah, I love people. I'm a very outgoing person. So collaboration to me is so much fun. So I think that's why I naturally gravitated towards looking at those songs, yeah. you know? Do you find yourself to be a structured songwriter in the sense that you wake up and you're routine driven uh, at two o'clock, I sit down and I write songs or, or does writing just happen for you organically whenever you feel the need to write? Yeah, that's more just organic. Okay. Um, I obviously have appointments with people. If I'm in the shower it happens. Like an idea happens. If I'm in the car, it happens. If I'm trying to sleep, an idea. So I just kind of have my phone either by me or a piece of paper like all the time. And I'm, yeah. I have voice memos where I'm like, like sleepy, <laughs> right? But I need to get it down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so then the next day I have to like re-record the, the melody. Um, but yeah, I mean having, but the structure comes in where I have, I have to have appointments. Like if I have an appointment, then I'm writing. Yeah. Like I'm makes, sitting down sense. and writing. Otherwise I do the whole, like just blah. Mm -hmm. And then have it. And then it's like, it's a song and yeah. it's pretty much, let's call it, you know, 95% yeah. done. So you just and basically, I have a lot of those. Yeah. You just basically vomit all that out in no particular order. And then you come back later and make sense of it. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of times it just it comes out in song form, I guess. Okay, yeah. I can hear the melody and the lyrics, and I'm like, it's like they're they're being given to me, and then I just kind of write it all out. Well, you're one of the fortunate ones because songwriting doesn't come <laughs> easy to a lot of people, right? And it sounds like it comes fairly naturally to, to you. I'm, I'm sure there's writer's block from time to time, right? But largely, it sounds like it's pretty easy for you to, to pen a song. Yeah, I mean, if, I, if I'm not feeling writing, like I, I guess I've been on a break for two weeks. That's a long time. Yeah. I think I had a Zoom like two weeks ago. I was writing. I write with people from the UK and stuff. But when I write for artists, like I will listen to all their music. It's kind of crazy. And then I will try to think about a subject we might relate on. And then it's like almost I subconsciously spit out like, gibberish but sometimes words yeah. and this melody that's kind of like in their vibe but pushing it forward a little bit sure and gibberish about the subject that i think we can write about yeah. and and most of the time they're like wait that's awesome we should do that today yeah. like forget my ideas so i'm, <laughs> I'm like okay like, let's do it 
It's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, this song, Bird, was nominated by the TRMA as Song of the Year, correct? Yes. I am so pumped. So the uh, for the listeners that are not familiar, the uh, TRMA is the Trop Rock Music Association, and it's basically for the tropical rock genre, correct? Yes. Yes. Talk and about that, talk about that nomination. Yeah, this is this will be so I, I got to meet everybody going into Meeting of the Minds, which is the Trap Rock Music Association's Super Bowl. Like that's their big party down in Key West and they have the award show. And I got to meet everyone in last year. So now fast forward to this year being nominated uh, twice for two songs that are on this record is is awesome. I've been having so much fun performing a lot in Florida and going to Key West. So this this November will be my fifth time in Key West in since May of 2021. So just it's been really fun. But um, the community started with Jimmy Buffett and the Parrot Heads, sure. and then this whole. I mean, Jimmy Buffett just spearheaded this genre and. It became a culture. It became a thing. It became a whole thing. So the the parrot heads are just really happy, present people yeah. that like to enjoy music sure. and have fun and just enjoy their lives. And so, and be be by the beach. So, and I'm all about that. <laughs> that whole parrot head thing, you know, it took a life of its own. Yeah. It kind of like the being a deadhead from the grateful, you know, the grateful yes. dead, you know, it's like, it's just this cult thing almost, you know, and mm-hmm. people just fall in love with that kind of music. And, uh, I play some of it in my shows. I, I'm a big Jimmy Buffett fan. You can't go wrong oh, awesome. playing Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett songs. Right. So yeah. there is another song that I would like to grace the listeners with, and it's a song called something new. I'd like to take a listen to that. And then we'll come back and chat about that one as well. Fair enough. Awesome. Wonderfully crafted. I love Thank that song. You. Yeah, I've you listened. Like vibes, yeah, like. I was going to say it's like totally, to me, it's like totally different sound than Bird. You know, it's yes. a different song and uh, has a good vibe to it. I love it. Yeah, great job. 
Yeah, thank you. All of the songs on the record, I feel they have like sister and cousin songs. Okay, yeah. So they kind of have their balancer. Yeah, sure. And that for me, for something new, it's it's like what love does is pretty close to yeah. um, in the same vein. But we we definitely had fun. Where doing did this song. yeah? And where did where did inspiration get pulled from for that particular song? Uh, this is one of my favorite stories. So I was on my way out. I was going to go to this co-write with one of my favorites. Now we've written 20 some songs together. Like we've known each other since I was 15 and I have my guitar and I'm leaving. And Zeve at the time we were living together. He was like, Hey, what are you guys going to do today? Are you going to finish something up? Or are you going to start something new? Typical question. But for some reason that day it hit me. It stuck. I I looked at him and I was like, we're going to start something new. Like we're going to start, you know, something new. Like this is in a new song. But then I was like driving there and I was like something new there. I need to write this song today. Like I think my signature song about moving to Nashville needs to be titled something new. And I'm just like in the space and I'm letting it all kind of just like, be be in the space around me while I'm driving and I'm like something new and I'm just like I was like it, it needs to be kind of fun and even though it's a scary thing the song needs to be a little have this thing about like nobody's asking me to move I'm making this choice I have to do it and and yeah so that was really fun to write we actually wrote it in two sessions and the second time we got together it was in a library and in the work tape you can hear the librarian say, like on the mic, the library is closing in five minutes. And like, we're trying to lay this song down. Right. But it was really fun. While you were saying that, I was looking at the, I got distracted and I was looking at the flower in your hair and it made me think of going to California, the song from Led <laughs> Zeppelin. If you're not familiar with oh. it, you need to listen to it. If uh, And you'll, you'll know why I said that after you listen to it, okay. if you're not familiar with the song. But I wanted to also ask you what it's like seeing your friends in Waylon performing songs that you guys have, have co-written together. It's, it's way cool because one I've known Waylon who now reside in Nashville for 10 years. I mean, I met them when I was still doing corporate jobs and they were touring and they kept coming to, they're from Michigan and they kept coming to Wisconsin. So I would see them and now they're up on stage and they are crushing a song that we got together and wrote like a couple months ago. I mean, not that long ago, right before summer really kicked off. And that's like such a proud songwriter moment when any artist feels that the song's worthy enough to go on stage Absolutely. and share. Absolutely. And so I'm, I'm just like, I just be pretty much the whole time and make sure I get video. <laughs> that's awesome, man. It's I think things have changed over time, but it's always been amazing to me how, and, and I get it, it's a business too. And I and I, I try to keep this in mind when I'm fixing to say what I'm going to say. But when artists cover other artists' songs and the original artist has a problem with it and they try to sue them and do this and that, it's like, I don't get that, but from the business aspect, I do because they feel like they're getting cheated out of royalties a little bit. But I mean, what better form of flattery than yeah. to have 
you know, me perform, like cover your song, Bird, like, like I could never pull that off in one of my shows, right? But if I did, you would have to probably think, how cool that he would even try to do that song by me. You would be flattered by that, I would think. Oh, correct? yeah. Yeah. My fr- oh, yeah. My friend Thomas from the UK, we were on a live stream, and he, he was kind of just like, after I finished the song, because we were going back and forth, he started playing like, ma, ma, and he started like doing his own version of it, but it okay. was close, yeah. and it was so cool. Like, I was like, well, you have to do that next time <laughs> we're on a live stream. Sure. Every time you need to do that. And I just, I just thought it was really fun. But yeah, like you said, the highest form of flattery. Yeah. And we spoke a little earlier about the, the TRMA awards. And I also wanted to mention that you were nominated for awards that will be coming up in October at the Josie Awards. Yeah. Talk to the listeners about those nominations. Like, how do you keep up with all these award nominations? Anyway, go ahead. Just well, you Josie, tell us. Josie Music Awards have been there. There's like the largest independent music awards. And this year, the awards are being held at the Opry. So that's, it's just going to be insane. But we're talking thousands of people come to this. They get over 50,000 submissions. And then I don't know what the, the stat is like one point something percent get nominated. And so to be nominated, I was like, what? And then they asked me to perform at their festival the wow. day before. And they, they're, they're doing their first festival right in, in the heart of Nashville. So I'm going to do a 20-minute set. But I'm just really honored that it, it's not, it's just something that you, it's not like people can vote for it. It's, it's people that are members of the board that look at the nominees and 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 decide. So that was quite a surprise, but the Josie Music Awards is being held right at the Opry this year, Nashville on October 23rd. Um, An amazing place in and of itself. Like even if you were not performing or not nominated to go and be part of anything at the Opry or the Ryman for that matter. Right. Right. I mean, that's a treat in and of itself. And what were you nominated for? So women of country, and uh, female, and then the fashion trailblazer. <laughs> nice. Oh, Is it because of the flower? The flower thing uh, has something to do with that, right? No, but now I'm going to have to make sure I pick out something spectacular. <laughs> you trailblazer. You, you're such a trailblazer. I was like, what? Okay, cool. My sister gives me lots of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I, I'm assuming that you've got your speech all written out and it's prepared, no. right? No. Oh yeah. What, no. what are you waiting on? I, I'm kind of. Don't wait too I mean, long. You'll you'll I get know. caught with your shorts down, and you don't want to do that. Now you got to be prepared. That has happened to me before. <laughs> I, like, I kind of am taking things in chunks at a time. Like right now, I'm getting ready for. I'm I'm back in Nashville. I have ten days in town, which is insane to me. I haven't had that many days in town in forever. And the next thing to tackle is the Huntsville, Alabama, Jim Parker songwriter series. Um, they're having me up as a guest. There's going to be like 300 some people there. And I need to nail these songs that I've been able to write with Billy Droz and Jim Parker. That's kind of my next September 30th. Get to that, nail it, then focus on the right. next thing. <laughs> Well, you get a, you better get busy. It sounds like you've got a lot of stuff coming up, and we'll talk a little bit more about some of the things coming up in a minute. 
But I wanted to to plug another podcast out there that has almost the same name as this one, and it's a show called The Backstage Pass with Brandon Morell. Talk yes. to the listeners about the show and about your involvement with Brandon. Yeah, so the show does 30-minute uh, shows, and they, they interview all kinds of artists from Nashville, from Texas, from the, uh, over in the UK, and um, we just really ask and celebrate releases. It's a lot okay. what the interviews are around. We're celebrating the releases. We're celebrating what they're excited about and um, asking them some fun questions at the end. So it's been an amazing opportunity for me. I kind of hopped on board as a co-host uh, shortly after the pandemic started, and we just got busy with interviews. I was able to do lots of interviews and meet artists that maybe I wouldn't have never met or heard their music. So that's really fun. And um, sometimes I get to interview people like uh, Chris Cagle and Dylan Scott and Caitlin Smith. And that's, that's fun too. Yeah. I love it. And so how did, how did you get roped into that? Is there some kind of radio background that you have or were you just friends with Brandon? How did, how did all of that come about? I was an interviewee. I mean, okay. uh, the opposite. I was like the artist that was being interviewed. Okay. And he had a question that he used often that was like, if you didn't do music, obviously you do music, that's it. But if you didn't and you couldn't sing or whatever, what would you be doing? And I was like, honestly, probably something like what you're doing. Something with talking with people. And I, as far as a background, like I've been in plays, I've been on stage since I was to us jumping up on picnic tables, but I also had this little recorder with the microphone attached. Okay. Yeah. And I would push record on the cassette tapes and I'd go, hello folks. I couldn't even read at the time. <laughs> I was like four and five and I would interview my aunt at like family functions and ask her about the food, whatever Right. right. it was, you know, but I was kind of doing that. And I, so it's always been something that, Maybe it was way in the back of my mind, but when that happened, I think I got his wheel spinning and then he asked me to be a co-host and I was like, wait, that sounds really fun. Yeah. I would, I should do that because yeah. I, I haven't been in that space yet. And so I was just thankful for the opportunity. It's a cool space, isn't it? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Totally. Well, I asked the listeners to support you guys. Uh, if you want to plug this show, tell the listeners where they can find uh, the backstage pass. I think that there's this misconception that, oh, why would you go on your show and talk about somebody else's podcast that does that kind so of the same thing that you do? And by God, you almost have the same name. There's there's plenty of artists out there for everybody to talk to at the end of the day. Yes. And I think I think Brandon is a native Texan, if I'm not mistaken, isn't he here yes. in Texas too? Houston. So so I'll support my brother here in Texas I that does the that. same thing that I do. So if you want to plug the show, tell the listeners yeah. where they can find it. Facebook is awesome. It's it, they, Everything's posted up on Facebook, but it's called the Backstage Pass, powered by the Sports Guys podcast. And I appreciate you doing that because I am that human. Like, that's how I feel about music. There are so many artists out there. Every artist has its own thumbprint, its own sound. Absolutely. There's plenty of places to play. There's plenty of podcasts to be on. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's... And I always feel like that. Like when I'm performing on stage with people that I've, I feel so lucky to be able to perform and tour with some of the artists I have been. And, you know, 
my friend Crystal King does an amazing rendition of Bobby McGee. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to sing Bobby McGee if I have her on stage, Absolutely. you know, like yep. that's how I feel about music. And, and I know, think and that's, just, yeah, that's the way you should feel about it. I think yeah. without a doubt. Well, I'll, I'll assume that you're completely back to work full time since COVID. Is this a fair assumption or do you still feel some restrictions along the way? I, yeah, I don't feel like there's any restrictions anymore. I feel like festivals are back in the full swing, especially my home state just had their summer season and they were able to have all of their festivals. So that made me so happy to be able to go up so many times this year that some people even asked my tour mates if I was living in Wisconsin these days. (laughs) I was like, no, I'm traveling back and forth. But it's been definitely really busy and um, some corporate events coming up, some private parties that it's just going to be so fun. So I'm excited for the fall winter. Super cool. How many shows would you say you're involved in during the course of a calendar year? If you were to guess, I know I have a spreadsheet of this and (laughs) my mom's going to probably be like, you should know that (laughs) any given week is at least two to four shows and then including writers around sometimes. So I don't even know. Probably somewhere in between 150. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. And I think it's a demo, a write, a rehearsal or a show. Like I always need to be protecting and using this instrument. Yeah. And I think you also have, if my memory serves me correctly, you're returning back to Florida in 23 for the Strawberry Festival again, correct? Yes. I'm so pumped about that. That's the 83rd this year, I believe. And uh, I had no idea how big the Strawberry Festival was. But ever since I started touring in Florida, I can't tell you how many times people were like, you need to play the Strawberry Festival. You need to play that. I just kept hearing it. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to make sure, damn it, I'm going to make sure I play that <laughs> Strawberry Festival. Right. And we got the team on it and we made it, made it happen. And then they asked me, right when I jumped off stage, they asked to have me back. That's awesome. And I was like, yep. That's a great Strawberries feeling. Strawberries right? and music. Yes, yeah. please. I mean, how can you go <laughs> wrong, right? Right. <laughs> well, you mentioned something about playing back at home in Wisconsin, a festival there. That has to be really cool to kind of go back to your old stomping grounds. And I don't know if you were headlining or not, and it doesn't even matter, but just to be on stage and to carry a little name behind you, it it had to have been a cool experience. Talk to the listeners a little bit about going back and kind of playing for your your home state. I'm going to get like slowly teary-eyed, but being at the Taste of Madison just on Labor Day weekend and seeing seeing my friends from college that I worked on the campus activities board with and seeing her with her husband and her baby and having her buy my record and being like, Hey, I hope you're okay with this, but like, can you sign it? You know what I mean? Like it's, I can't even describe the feeling to, to have that and to have somebody that I cared about and has been in a different chapter of my life. Sure. Like be so happy to, to come out and support. And you only get that when you go and play your home state. So, so cool to see all the OGs out there singing. They're singing the words yep. and I'm jamming out with bands. I, I had a local Wisconsin band this summer. So that was really fun uh, to be able to just 
vibe with them and do music with them. And yeah, to see the OGs, the OG thirsties is what we call them, to see them out there and, and singing along and, and then to meet so many new fans too and be like, you're from here? And I'm like, yeah, support a fellow Scani. <laughs> so it. that was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> what is coming up on the horizon for you? We're kind of entering the last quarter of the year. Any big things to note from tour perspective? I know you're supporting the record right now. You have a brand new record, so there's probably not much by way of brand new music going to be coming out, but is there anything that you'd like to share with the listeners regarding current events for Kirsty? Yeah, you know, I've been loving this trap rock community so much. I have decided on a song to get into the studio and record, so I'm very pumped about that. There's also some communications about a duet maybe in the future. Uh, that's pretty much all I can say about, about that. And um, I'm, I'm working with a new producer in Nashville. And I am just tickled like a pinch me kind of thing. He does a lot of Dolby Atmos stuff and he has a space at BMG. And nice. so I'm just like, what? This person who is so talented wants to work on my future music and just kind of take me under their wing and see where we can go with that. So I'm, I'm really excited. That's awesome. Well, it's talent and it's the flower, right? I mean, <laughs> this is my new, like, I feel like my signature thing. I used to wear hats. Now I wear this flower. There you go. I'm just always trying to get to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so, so has the flower taken the place of the hats or do you still do the hat thing? Pretty much. Really? No hats. No hats, just, really. Just flower. Was that just yes. a phase? I mean, it seems like a lot of people are doing the hat thing these days. I have a hat wall right over there. Mm-hmm. One but, for every occasion, right? Yes, but I do have just just some local town advice to to just like let the let the face and the hair Breathe. be out <laughs> and not not under a shadow. I get it. And so I'm like, okay. You know, I, I mean, it doesn't make or break who I am. Sure. So it's it may be a, and I did go through the half, like I went through the half phase so hard did that, you? that like going into a new era might be nice to like not have the hat. So yeah. I don't have to wear the hat all the time, you know? Well, I approve of the new look if, if it matters to you. Okay, um, so you. yeah, <laughs> you, you, you have my stamp of approval. You can live your life now that Randy has blessed the look, I, right? You wouldn't even believe, like, I had messages of people being like, where's your hat? <laughs> right. It's yeah. just not here anymore. Like, <laughs> right. it was it was kind of interesting. But see, you can bring them back. You know, when everybody stops wearing them, you bring them back. It's retrospect, and everybody thinks you're the trendsetter, right? Kind of like, there yeah, go. there yes. you go. You know, we talked about different places, Florida and Wisconsin, of course, Nashville, all these different places that you play. If you were able to just go anywhere and perform that maybe you haven't spent a lot of time and really try to stamp your name on that area. Where, where do you think it would be and, and why? Um, I want to do more things that are closer to Nashville. That's kind of my next move. So like Alabama and Tennessee and Kentucky, like 
start capitalizing on festivals there. I also have Arizona in my sights because I have not been there as a state. And I know at least five families there. So that would really make me feel welcome and kind of get everything kickstarted in that state. So I'm excited about that. I, I definitely am just looking forward to continuing to have music take me new places. I totally teed up that question for you to talk about the UK, right? I don't. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that's like literally on the goal sheet. Okay. These are things, these are like the next things I want to tackle. So I now have a full on spreadsheet of every single festival, venues. I am on WhatsApp all the time, chatting with people over in the UK. Some of my best friends are over there. So it's, it's just a matter of time. And I can't wait to take this music from the Yes You Can album and, and, and the new stuff and go over there for a couple months. Yeah. Like, that's that needs to happen. I think um, I'm a huge fan of Cam, uh, just CAM country, and she really does her thing over in the UK. And I feel like we have similar spirit in, in our music. And I just, I just think they already are appreciating music from afar. But yeah. to do live shows there would be amazing. Didn't she do the song "Burning House"? Isn't that her yes. song? That's a great song. Yes. Until There's Nothing Left is such a good song. I'll have to listen to that one. I'm not that familiar with it. I heard you mention, and I don't remember if it was in, who knows where I heard it. Like, I listened to so many things. That's awesome. But, but you had mentioned something, and, and I had a guest on my show early on who was a is a musician out of Galveston, Texas, and somehow found, found his way over to France some years back. And just became a smash over there. The French people fell in love with Zach. They treat him like a rock star. And I'm only bringing that up because when you say, I want to go to the UK, you also mentioned at some point in time that the Europeans, they listen to music differently. The attention span is different than it is here. And when I heard you say that, it's like I've been saying that forever. And I think my interview with Zach kind of solidifies that. And I've seen videos of him playing over there in these little pubs, and people are sitting right in front of him, just like they're glued. Why? They're glued. And here it's it's so different. Even him playing in in France, whether he's solo or maybe has somebody sitting in with him. These people are so attentive to what he is doing and they yeah. just listen differently. I don't know if you have any comments or feedback or your points of view on that. Like, but I found that really interesting. They just listen a different way there. Yeah. They, they just hold music to a higher level. It's amazing. They are the kind of people that, that read everything on the album and they want to buy the albums. I mean, I've shipped this record to so many countries, which is amazing. But uh, the UK has been really supportive. And and I've just heard from one of my friends from Nashville that have gone over there. You can be in a small pub in there. They just are taking in everything, oh, yeah. every single movement and, and and what you say. And they it's an experience for them. Absolutely. Where can the listeners find Kirsty on social media? 
Oh, <laughs> well, the past couple of weeks I've been doing this TikTok thing. That's okay. been really fun. But my favorite is Instagram. So that's the best place to message me and reach out. Um, but I, I'm on all the social media platforms. So I, I'm on Twitter every day talking to the UK people. Okay. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok now. And I'm posting on LinkedIn. I mean, this it gets kind of, but this is my job. It's my job to to be Absolutely. out there and, and connected and share what's what's happening because otherwise people wouldn't know what I do on exactly. a weekly basis. So, so yeah, I'm just feel free to, to connect and uh, message me. Let me know if you listen to the record and what you like, I'd love to hear from you. Well, Kirsty, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat. It, it's been a wonderful time for me. It's kind of been a, a long time in the work. So I'm glad that we were finally able to connect. Oh, Randy, thank you so much. I, this is this has been great. Yeah, it's my pleasure. As always, I ask the listeners to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Also, make sure to follow Kirsty on all of her social media outlets, even TikTok. Again, you guys can follow the show on Facebook at Backstage Pass Radio Podcast, on Instagram at Backstage Pass Radio, Twitter at Backstage Pass PC, and on the website at BackstagePassRadio.com. Kirsty, thanks again for joining me and I ask the listeners to take care of yourselves and each other and we'll see you right back here on Backstage Pass Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Backstage Pass Radio. Make sure to follow Randy on Facebook and Instagram at Randy Halsey Music and on Twitter at R Halsey Music. Also make sure to like, subscribe and turn on alerts for upcoming podcasts. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to share the link with a friend and tell them Backstage Pass Radio is the best show on the web for everything music. We'll see you next time right here on Backstage Pass Radio.